Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Lena Jones Diamond Network Show. This is the place where you and your business are the stars. Now welcome your host, Lena Jones. Good morning. Good morning, Diamonds. How's everybody doing this morning? I hope everyone is well rested and well blessed. You have to excuse me. I was rushing around this morning because I couldn't sleep last night. I was having all these different um, dreams and thoughts just going through my head. And you know how you get that way where you're dead tired, but for some reason, (coughs) excuse me, you can't sleep. You, you know, something comes to your mind and it kind of messes up everything. (laughs) Plus, I was afraid I was going to be late for the show. (laughs) Yep, I was afraid I was going to be late for the show this morning because I have been waking up late every morning. But I've also been going to bed um, at, at like five in the morning. Yeah, so sleeping to 11 is still not getting my eight hours of sleep. It's I'm only getting about five, maybe six hours of sleep a night. And, um, you know, I told myself that I would stop doing this, but it's, I can't seem to break this bad habit. It seems the only time that I can work and work in peace is after everyone's gone, you know, after I have got a chance to re- relax and unwind and sometimes I watch a little TV, sometimes I'm able to cook dinner, and then after I cook dinner, of course, you want to relax, let your food settle in, and after you finish eating, whether you're dinner or whether you do takeout, yesterday was Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> it's this really, really good place if you like that authentic Mexican taste, which um, I acquired when we lived in, um, when we lived in, California, I acquired a taste for Mexican food, and I love it authentic, because I used to drive to Santana to get the uh, Mexican food, so it's this place off of a battlefield called the Takira family-owned. So far, they have the closest taste to um, Mexico that I have, and they have started to sing with dollar tacos. And they're really, really good. So that's what I had last night. But anyway, you didn't listen to me to talk about me and my tacos or me and my oversleeping. You called. You're you're listening to hear about the show. Uh, we are continuing in the book of Esther. Now, I've kind of changed things a little bit around the way I <clears throat> went about my um, um, the real life thing. Because I was the character was just going in too many places. I have to tell you, it was just I had to, I would have to dig too deep into um, what the character was doing, um, uh, where he came from, and I just doesn't allow me that. It doesn't allow me that, and some sometimes it's pretty difficult <clears throat> coming up with. Uh, with uh, life um, situations, and sometimes it's really easy too uh, <clears throat> to do a comparison and to do the comparison with understanding. That's the thing. I want to do it with understanding, not just understanding for you, but understanding for me too, because 
I'm going through this, but with you, but I'm I'm learning too. I never never stop learning. I mean, I I don't know all the scriptures in the Bible. You probably do or know someone to do or or claim that they do anyway. But um, I'll just start out with a song. <laughs> Let's start out with a song. Uh, what about some RJ this morning? Let's go to one of my independent artists this morning uh, to set us off on a good day. And hoping that all of you have a good day out there, wherever you are. So I hope all of you have a good day. So we're going to go with uh, RJ Griffith and a good Yeah, yeah.
be a great day, and it is. It's going to be a great day. Even though your morning may have started on the razzle-dazzle, mine's kind of sort of did, but not too much. Um, it's still going to be a good day, so we look forward to that. Now to get into uh, our Book of Esther. Now, just to give you a refresher, just in case you uh, are just tuning in to find out, welcome. I hope you enjoy what you hear. Uh, so a quick rundown is uh, from the beginning, um, we were in the book of Esther, who is the queen of Persia. Um, at this time, Persia, Persia, Persia is in charge of Israel and Judah due to uh, Syria and Babylon. They conquered the Jews. Then the Babylonians were conquered by the Midias, which is uh, Medes, in short, Midia which was another great power during biblical time. So now the Jews are in captivity of Persia. God has not interceded with them because he's upset for disobeying his his um for disobeying for disobeying him and being in pursuit of other gods and other idols. I'm quite pretty sure you've heard that God is a jealous God and he shall have no other call you shall have no other god god except for him, excuse me. Um so He's the one, he's our creator, and back in Job, we talk about the creator thing. I did an example, how you want it to behave and how you want it to be and how you want to get that respect from that creation. Sometimes we feel that way over our children, that we created them. They came out of our bodies, yes, our fluids (laughs) put together, (laughs) created them, but God created us and gave us those fluids to do that. Um, The rise of Persia um, is a great power as it was prophesied by the uh, prophet Daniel, King Ahasuerus. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still struggling with that name, King Ahasuerus. Who's, he's very wealthy and mighty. He's a powerful man. Um, it doesn't really say why he gave this uh, six-month party. They and during that time they call it an elaborate banquet. But for us today, it would be considered a six-month party. That's a long party. It doesn't really say, but it kind of um, implicates that uh, he kind of wanted to uh, go to war against the Greeks, and he needed his reason for having a celebration was so he can have some military backup. Um, He can campaign, uh, campaign, you know, all politics. Even during that time, it was all politics same as in today's uh, world. He wanted to show people how um, powerful he was. He wanted to show people how rich he was. Uh, so he, I mean, basically it was a show off. <laughs> he had many riches, and one of his riches was his wife, Queen Vashti. And during this party, uh, he had sent for her. Now, she had her own party. She was throwing her own banquet with the queens or the princesses or you know with the women the harem throwing her own party and uh the king has summoned her to come so he can show his drunken friends how beautiful she was and um how well her how lovely her clothes was and how beautiful her crown was he wanted to show her off basically but he was drunk he was drunk and his friends was drunk she didn't want to go out there she wanted to spare herself that embarrassment have you ever uh your your husband or or your spouse or your wife it could be in reverse 
ever gave a party and they got completely drunk and then they want you to come over and 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 say something or or show them something or they wanted to show something off and uh that for for one thing they couldn't get it right and then you know their drunk friends got their comments it's just annoying it's just very annoying um so that's pretty much what the queen 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 Vashti, she didn't want to this embarrassment she was having a nice time with her friends and her companions and other women, she didn't want to go. So she refused them. Um, and at that time, um, so he got upset uh, about that. Not not only was he upset, but he was embarrassed. So what he did was uh, what some of us typically do. I mean, I have done it before, but I don't do it now <laughs> because I find out about friends, okay? So he asked his friends, his buddies, um, what do they think he should do? He considered them as his counselors. So he asked them, what do you, what do, what do they think that he should do about this? She's embarrassed him. She didn't come out. The eunuch, the unique eunuch didn't, <laughs> didn't come and get her. He had to let the king know, hey, she refused. She's not coming. So, of course, uh, the kingdom thought, figured that because of, her actions, she was going to negatively influence other women in the kingdom. And her actions is going to cause women to despise their husbands and do the same thing. So let's make an example out of her. That's what they figured. So they recommended um, not only do he uh, ban her, but they, they, they said to ban her and so that she would never come before him again. And, uh, and not only did they do that, they suggested suggested that she be placed, be replaced by a more fit queen in their eyes. Um, so he figured, okay, you know, that sounds like a good idea because we think things in anger. We get angry. Um, we listen to advice, ill advice around us, especially if we have people around us and we're not in our right minds meaning drunk or high or whatever, and you have people saying things to you, um, it's so easy to just go ahead and take his friend's advice. And, of course, he wants to impress his friends, and he looks at them as being his counselors. So he listens to that advice. Now, that's pretty much uh, where we left off, and he bans the queen. Now, in my real-life story, I was talking about uh, people at a job. I was talking about a VP to the uh, the assistant to the VP uh, who uh, happened to have a party. The original VP, the, the original VP was fired because they had this party. The boss got drunk and wanted to show off his best guy. The guy didn't show up because he was hanging out with his friends at the party. You know, the boss gets mad, fires him hires a new VP. Well, this VP that he hires, um, uh, he needs a new assistant. So that's where uh, this person, Henry, that's what I named him, stepped up to the plate. But instead of continuing with Henry, I'm, I'm, go I'm going to do a comparison, but it's not really based off Henry. It's just a, based off of our lives. Um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go ahead and base it off of our life as a whole. So, 
So, but before I do that, let me let me talk about you, Diamonds. Here's a song just for you. One of my favorite ones. Here and now. Diamond Network. <laughs> when I say diamonds, even though I use uh, coal diamond because they're pretty, <laughs> but the diamonds are people. We are all, you know, diamonds in a rough, getting ourselves polished, and um, so that God can use us in the way that our life should go. Okay, so to continue with the story, now a number of years go by. Now that I've got you caught up, a number of years go by, and now the king is no longer angry. He's feeling a little lonely, actually, and he wants his queen, Um, which, you know, we get regret. 
Have you ever wanted someone to get out of your life or put them out your life because of you being angry or had a drunken rage and told a person that you no longer wanted to see them? Or um, not even a drunken rage, got into a really bad argument where there was people involved or around, being in friends or a public place, and uh, said something to the other person you was with, and they kind of left your life as a result. And later on, you have regrets. So that's pretty much what King was going through. He was feeling regret for his uh wife he wanted his wife back but he had his friends his so-called counselors that it's like no no don't have her back so let's come up with a solution uh so that he won't go back and get the queen um they suggested that they recommend a national search for uh young virgins throughout the kingdom of Sushan that is the kingdom um, who can select the queen that loves the idea. And so so the king loved the idea, excuse me. The king loved the idea, not the queen. And so a decree was set. Now, even though his friends think that they're doing something, they think they're doing something, having things go their way, but they don't realize that God is always in control, even though he's not mentioned in this one. That's God in the background. He's setting the stage. He's putting things in order because he made a promise to Abraham that he was going to be their people and they were going to be his, uh, he was going to be their people. He was going to be his God and they were going to be his people. So he made a promise. And one thing about God, like unlike man, he keeps his promises. So even though he's upset at Israel right now, and Judah, and he's been upset at them lots of times in the Bible. He still is going to hold tight to his promise, but he has to set things in order. Just like in your life, you have to have things set in order. Uh, sometimes we don't understand why things have happened, and things may not be the best for us. And you're trying to figure out where did this come from out of left field. It may be set right there because he's getting ready to set you up to be blessed. He knew his people are in captivity. But, you know, right now he's going to let them just stay there for a moment. But at the same time, he's setting things in order. So the friends thinking that, you know, they're actually getting rid of a queen, they're really setting things in order Uh in the back scenes. See, God knows what he's doing. We may not understand what happens in our lives and why things happen, but everything happens for a reason, and this is one of the reasons. Now, if you are a boss, uh, if you if you're working at a job and the boss is looking for uh for somebody, they're looking to hire someone for a higher position and you are in that position. But you're not stepping up to the plate because you feel you're not good enough, because you're afraid. Uh, it could be because you're afraid. It could be uh, because you're insecure about your looks. You figure you have to look a certain way to be in that position, uh, the color of your skin or your nationality. Um, but God has opened the door. Someone told you about that position. You came across that position by chance. You know, it, it wasn't I wasn't by chance, excuse me. 
Someone was told that told you that position for a reason. You read it. Someone talked about it. So, and you know that you're looking for something else. You know that you need to move on, but you're staying there because you're afraid to move on. That's another thing where God could be setting up a stage for you, for you to take hold of that opportunity, for you to grasp it while it's in your hands. So, um, it could be in a relationship. It could be you asking or praying for God for to send that special person, and that person came by you a couple of times, and they may not look the way you wanted them to look or behave the way you wanted them. may not be the coolest or the cutest, you know, may not have the best body. But for some reason, this person is in your life right now. Maybe God has set that stage for you. You can take what has ap- happening right here where uh, his advisors are telling him to find another queen, that could work either way in your life. During biblical time, they told him to find another queen, and that was be set up by God. But in your life today, it could be your position. It could be a new position that he's setting the stage for. It could be a new relationship that he's setting the stage for. It could be that you lost your home or you're about to lose your home, or something devastating has happened in your life and you don't understand. You, We don't understand. Because God is behind the scenes, constantly setting the stage for our lives. So that's that's my comparison there. So that's, that's why I said I was changing it a little bit. I wasn't going to exactly go with that character. I might mention the character here and there. Okay. Now... <laughs> Now, in the palace um, of uh, Shusan, there was a a certain um, guy named Mordecai. Now, this is where Esther's coming in the picture. There was a certain guy named Mordecai. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read from scripture here. I'm going to go through uh, Esther 2, and I'm going to read 5 through 7. Okay. It says, in Shushan... There was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jehar, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish. He was from the tribe of the Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from J- Jerusalem with the captivities who had been captured with uh, Jeconiah, the king of Judea, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And Mordecai brought up Hadassah. Hadassah. (laughs) I have a hard time with this. I have a hard time with regular names. Um, And Hadassah is Esther. That's Esther's name in Israel. Her name was, her Jewish name is Hadassah. That is Esther. His uncle's daughter, for she had neither mother nor father. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her mother and father died, Mordecai took her as his own. So it was when the king's command and the decree was heard, and when many young women were gathered in Shushan, the citadel, under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace to take into the care of the custodian. 
Hegai, the custodian of the woman. So that's that's what that was about. So Mordecai brings in Esther. You know, Jewish born, Jewish raised. She she had no mother, she had no father, she had no wealth. You know, she had she had nothing. So Mordecai sees an opportunity that they both can benefit from. Um himself and the uh and Esther not realizing at this time um that uh she's going to save the Jews. Uh so Mordecai does this and now um Esther's there. So we're going to go on and continue reading. Um, now the young woman pleased him, and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her. Besides her allowance, the seven choice maid servants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and he moved her and her maid servants to the best palace in the house of women. So she impressed him. She impressed him with her, her beauty. And he was also impressed by Esther's grace and her kindness. You know, this, these are things that impressed the king about her. Um, now, Esther still hadn't revealed that she was a Jew. She still had not revealed who she was, her people, or her family, because Mordecai had told her not to. He told her, don't tell him that you are a Jew. Okay. And, and why? Because they look down to Jews. Jews were their servants. A king can't marry a servant. Not during that time. I mean, maybe even during this time that's going on now. A king can't marry a servant. The servant, and she was charged by Mordecai not to tell him that you were a Jew. So this is an opportunity for you. <laughs> You know, don't tell him that you are a Jew. And a lot of times we, um, in real life, hold back who we are, what we are, and behave a certain way just to fit in with society, just to fit into that spot that you think that you need to be, that you want to be. Maybe uh, God has put you in that spot and asked you just to be silent. Sometimes we fail that because I've known a couple of people that during happy hour, they seem to mess everything up because they reveal things, things that should not have been said. Not not everything needs to be said. And um, I knew uh, a friend personally that when she, someone mentioned happy hour, she was on it. She was quick to go. Happy hour was her thing. <laughs> um, but she got drunk. She got real drunk. She didn't know when the cutoff was. Put it that way. So once she got drunk, she revealed things. She revealed things about the job. She revealed things about the people who she worked with. She revealed things about the boss. She just said things while she was drunk. And, of course, you have people around you. Sometimes people are are, are around you not for good. They're listening. They're listening to get what you say out of it. So eventually 
she went out to one too many happy hours, and I told her, I told her, I told her, you know, you need to sit back and observe people. Sometimes we need to just be observant of the um, atmosphere that's around us, not just dive in because someone say, hey, come on, let's go do it. Let's let's go. You don't know what they, they're setting you up for. So you keep quiet. You be observant. So I'm not saying you can't go to happy hour, but don't go to happy hour and get drunk. <laughs> I need at least not the first three or four times. Get to know who you're around. Know your surroundings. Be aware of who's around you, who's listening to you, and who's watching you. My comparison in today's society. Well, she eventually got fired. She got fired because the people that were around her told on her. And these were women who she thought she could trust. So uh, sometimes it's not good to reveal things for yourself. Just keep it to yourself because... Everything happens in timing. There's a timing for everything. There's a time and a place for everything. I'm pretty sure you've heard that. So that's the timing there. Um, and every day, going back to the scripture, I'm now at, now at 11. And every day, Mordecai placed in front of the court of his women's quarters. He sat there to learn about Esther's welfare, what was happening to her. And during this time, each young woman's turn came each young woman's turn came to go to King Ahasuerus after she had completed 12 months preparation according to the regulations for women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned, oil and myrrh, six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Thus prepared each woman, after prepared each woman, went to the king, and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women quarters to the king's palace. So in the evening, she went. In the morning, she returned to the second house of the women. She didn't go to the regular house. She went to to a special house for the women, the ones that the king desired and had given to her. Um, and it was where all the concubines were kept and of course they were kept over by the eunuchs and these were people who men who could not do anything to those concubines because they had nothing to do anything with (laughs) Uh, she would not go into the king again unless the king had delighted in her and called her by name now when the turn came for Esther the the niece uh, Mordecai who had taken her as his daughter to go to the king, she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's unit, the custodian of women, advised. So he, she advised her not to ask for anything. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to the king, to King Ahasuerus, into his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set a royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Okay, so now he has replaced her. 
pretty much. Um, he has completely replaced her. Now, one of the reasons that he loved her was because of her grace and her kindness and that she didn't ask for anything. She didn't ask for any in, anything in return. She was there to serve him. And there was nothing that he can give her that she already had. He had already given her uh, a separate palace, the maid servants, and, you know, was asking her, what more can I do for you? Because he loved her. Wouldn't it be nice to find a man, a husband? <laughs> I mean, my husband loves me, but uh, there's certain, he don't ask me all the time, what do you want unless we're in a restaurant? <laughs> that was that's as far as uh, my ass can get. Um, now, sometimes we may not feel that um, we are physically um, ready for anything like that, like challenges, but Esther has someone that pretty much put her out there, put her out there. She didn't know what was going to happen, but she went to serve, and that could be, uh, and she was kind. And now in today's society, it's hard to find kindness, and it's hard to find anyone that's looking to serve. So if you're trying to apply for that job, <laughs> you're trying to apply for that job, don't go in with the selfish attitude. If you're trying to get a particular person in your life, don't show him that you're selfish. You can get, how do they say you can get further with a smile and a kind word than you can with an attitude? Remember that. Remember that. If if you're interviewing and they ask you about what is your plan or what is you looking for the company to do for you, you know those stupid questions that they ask you <laughs> in the interview, the questions that come out of left wing. Just when you think that you've got the answer for everything, they come out of left wing with a question. You know, the best thing to do is to let them know that, hey, I'm here to see what I can do to enhance your company. Instead of saying, like, what's the pay rate? <laughs> How much do I get paid? When is the pay period? Do you have a health benefit plan, you know? <laughs> let's let's think about something else. Like, what? how can I best serve your company? How can I be an asset to make your company better than they are to help, you know, uh, contribute instead of take away. Because, see, you're going to get all that anyway. You're going to get the benefits. You're going to get the good pay. You're gonna, all of that is going to come with it. So why why even ask it or, or bring it up in an interview? Some people, some of us don't know how to interview. We ask the wrong things. We say the wrong things. And it doesn't make it look like you care about the job. It makes it look like you care about the money. So so Queen uh, Esther at that time, before she was queen, she didn't make the king think that she was after the riches of the kingdom. She wanted to know how she could best serve him. And she was kind and she was graceful. And she wanted nothing but to serve him. That's what got her that position. During your interview or, you know, being an example on your job of a kind person, a selfless person, these things can get you ahead in a company. They may think you're uh, a brown noser, but they, they're the ones to still where they are. 
That's why they are where they are. But you go ahead and be that kind, that graceful person, that uh, unselfish person, and get to where God wants you to be. Could be in a relationship using the same comparison. You know, show the woman or the man that you're there to be an asset to the relationship, that you want to add to the relationship, not take away. If you know that you're looking for a relationship but you're working, you need someone to be working too, that's what you look for. If the person don't have a job, look further into that. Why don't they have a job? Question it. Because they may be a type of person that can't keep a job. Someone's always doing something to them because it's never their fault. And I know we all know people like that. It's never their fault. It's always someone else's fault. <laughs> so that's why they don't have a job. You know, and when they get a job, they don't they never keep it because somebody else always does something. You know, so you definitely don't want to get into that type of relationship with some you want someone that's gonna be giving and that's gonna be kind and uh graceful. Uh women can be graceful. A man could be a man could be graceful. You definitely want to look at these things in the relationship when you're talking, prying questions, questions that are find out information if that's the type of mate that you want, you know, because it makes no sense to go on looks, you know, and what you just see physically because they got a nice car and you marry them and nothing's going on either upstairs or, or financially. That, that's all they can do is give you a physical pleasure. That's not a relationship. And after a while, you're going to tire of that. <laughs> Even if they don't want to work and you decide in your relationship, hey, I'm going to be the breadwinner, I'm going to want him to stay home with the kids, he still has to give something. He has to be able to at least clean the house or cook a meal or something for the woman and in reverse for the man. So we have to look for things. And one of the key things that can help us look for those is our kindness and being unselfish. So going back to our scriptures is, because we're about to run out of time, and I wanted to get to a certain point before we left today. So <laughs> so we're going to go to, uh, um, you see, I did that. So Esther has this position. So uh, um, Esther has this position. She becomes the queen. He places the crown on her head, and he made this great feast. Now, he loved giving feasts and parties. This was just another reason to party. <laughs> he found him another queen that was lovely, that was beautiful, that was as beautiful as Vashti, but this one was kind, and she was graceful, and she was uh, she was not selfish. She wanted to serve him. So that's what he found in Esther. He found all of that. He found the perfect package. So he put a crown on her head. <laughs> to marry her That's like us Hey Once the man find the perfect pa package You know They put a ring on it Hey This is everything I want Right here Boxed in there together Make sure That you check out those qualities first When it comes to the job You got the job You got the job Because you're the perfect person For the job You're the one we have been looking for You have shown Everything that we want In a person to fill this position And you got the job That's your crown Your crown is getting that promotion Because you have passed all the tests 
You went in there, you saw it as a mountain. Uh, and some of us, you know, it says it only takes a, a mustard seed of faith to move a mountain. So some of us, we may have that mountain that we don't, we don't go for that extra job. We don't go for that relationship. We don't go after what God has placed in front of us because we see it as a mountain. Sometimes you have to go for that mountain. That means taking a risk. A lot of us don't take risks. A lot of Christians that I've talked to feel that that's not what the Christians are supposed to do, but it's all through the Bible. Risk takers. It is. They're all through the Bible. Risk takers. So don't be afraid to take a risk. Don't be a fool, but don't be afraid to take a risk. Because that's what Mordecai did with Esther, and the risk paid off. She is now queen. So now he has his party. So um, let me ask you something. Have you ever had, now everything is good right now, because, hey, Mordecai um, got Esther where he wanted to, and now they're having a feast. Um, Now, something had happened with the king. Okay, uh, Mordecai was the one that sat at the king's gate. That was his position. So he sat at the king's gate, and he was always Esther ear, you know, helping guide Esther in the way that he he felt that she needed to be for the for the sake of not only herself but the Jews. So it's like God is always in our ear, telling us what to do, um, um, guiding us, moves that we make. Uh, sometimes they're they are God led. So this particular one. And they can be God-led to put us in a better position. So now here is Mordecai's promotion. So now Esther has, uh, he sat, Mordecai sat with, within the king's gate. Esther still had not revealed her family or her people, just as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai, and when she was the one she was brought up by. In those days, Mordecai sat within the king's gate. Two of the king's eunuchs, Big Than and Teresh, doorkeepers, became furious and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. So the matter became known to Mordecai, who told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. And when the inquiry was made in that matter, it was confirmed, and they both were hanged on the gallows, as it was written in the book, and it was written in the book of Chronicles, in the presence of the king. Now Mordecai, he just got himself a position. You know, he find out they he find out uh, he overhears that somebody trying to kill the king. <laughs> so he goes and tells uh, Esther. Esther goes to tell the king, but Esther makes sure she says that Mordecai is the one that told her. So the king is so ecstatic because they killed the two eunuchs that had conspired against the king. So Esther, so uh, <laughs> the king is so ecstatic, he that gave uh, Mordecai, you know, uh, 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 his praises. He, you know, it doesn't actually say that he gave him a better position, but he he blessed him, and he put his name in the book of Chronicles next to the presence of the king. So wherever throughout history you read about King Ahasuerus, you're going to read about Mordecai who saved him for, from getting um, 
killed by these two people. So of course he's in he got it going on. You know, he's doing his little dance, you know, you can't touch this dude <laughs> because hey, he done found favor in the king's eyes. So and that's the same thing that you can find favor in, in your job, doing the best that you can. You can find favor from your boss. Hey, you got it going on. You on top of stuff. You finding all the glitches. You're fixing stuff. You're saving the company money. You know, you are just on top of the world right now. You're the best thing since sliced bread on that company. Are you kidding? You you got it going on. And in your relationship, you got it going on there because, you know, you guys have gotten together, got married uh, or engaged, and things are just working out. Everything is just blossoming in your life right now. Everything is beautiful. It's all blossoming. It's all coming together in your life. You're happy and everything. But wait a minute. Pump your brakes because we always have to pump our brakes in life. Something's going to happen that's going to tear your life apart. Okay? Now, let me ask you this again. Have you ever met a Hammond? A Hammond could be a friend, could be a relative, could be just just someone, uh, could be a neighbor, could be a coworker. That's a Hammond. Um, have you ever uh, did something that you were so happy about? You're happy about your life, and uh, but there's someone who comes into your life got promoted maybe at the same time you did, you know, or uh, a baby's mama drama (laughs) from the past (laughs) or an ex-girlfriend that just don't want to take no for an answer, okay, and um, they decide they're going to put a wrench in your stuff. Why? Because you're not showing them that respect. Everyone nowadays is big on respect, okay? So a Hammond is a person who wants you to pretty much bow down to them because uh, they they are in a position that they feel that you should be, uh, that you should bow down. Um, um, they just think that they're too too good and that you you owe them something uh, a, ha- a Hammond could be someone who who have a degree they could be uh, like I said they could be a neighbor or a friend they were promoted to a higher position they could be someone on the block, maybe the person on the block with the biggest house, the prettiest house, the, with the or the best cars. Um, they got some money, so they think they gon' got it going on. So you need to speak to them every morning. Uh, maybe you have a Hammond who's friend, someone that graduated from college and no longer wants to socialize with you because they feel that you don't show them the respect that they deserve because they're a college graduate. Um, Maybe there's someone at your job um, who was promoted to a higher level and feel like that you're not showing them the respect that you need to show them because they're in a higher position than you. That Those are the Hammonds in your life. These are the people that want you to 
pretty much bow down. The whole world needs to bow down and kiss their foot. They're, they are an asset to society. At least they think they are. And they think that everybody has to pay them some due respect. Those are the Hammonds in your life. Racism, prejudiced people are Hammonds because they think that they deserve to be catered to because of the color of their skin or because of their uh, wealth, um, um, because of their social status. They feel that someone needs to be respect, pay them some type of respect, okay? Those are the Hammonds in your life. And this is the Hammond in uh, Mordecai's life, is what we're about to hear. Mordecai's not showing Hammond the respect that Hammond feels that he deserves. So this is what happens. Okay. Um, at the time, the king, I'm reading from chapter uh, three, uh, advanced him, advanced um, Hammond a seat above all the princes who were with me who were with the king, the provinces, and all the king's servants who were with the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Then the king's servants who were with within the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why don't you why do you transgress against the king's command? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily, he would not listen to them, to Haman, to see whether Mordecai's words would stand. For Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. Haman saw Mordecai did not bow or pay homage to him, and Haman was filled with wrath. He, But he disdained not to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people Mordecai of Mordecai's people, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the kingdom. So, because this man didn't respect him, <laughs> he decides that he's going to, uh, and and he's a and he's a Jew. And Haman didn't like the Jews uh, because of the history that they had, um, and the history of them says uh, okay here it is in um, chapter 3 this is why Haman does not like Jews one of the few things that we were told about Haman is that he is the son of an Agedite from the family of Amalekite King Agad in contrast Mordecai is a Benjamite the same tribe of Saul who was the first king of Israel. Um, now, Agitite and the Amalekites, during the time when God had put them out in the desert, not had put them there, left Rome to go out to the desert to find their own land. Um, one of the things, when they got to the land, God, they had to do certain things to get the land. Kill everyone and take the goodies, take the booty, Take everything to goodies, kill everybody. Amalekites was one of the ones that the Israel, the Jews, had to kill. And one of their king, their king named uh, Agag at that time, Saul, had killed him. So the Amalekites and the Israels were bloodline enemies from the get. 
they did not like each other. So <laughs> that gives you an explanation why um, Mordecai did not bow down. The nation, why Haman was indignant about it. You know, you're beneath him. I don't like you anyway. You guys killed our king. <laughs> so, <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to end it. We will finish. I promise you, we will finish next <laughs> Wednesday. Please join me. I thank you. May God bless you. And I hope I have inspired you in some way or put some enlightenment on how God places us in positions uh, that uh, uh, for a reason and how, you know, we are to be kind and not reveal certain things, certain things that don't need to be revealed. We need to keep them to ourselves. But you have a blessed day. May God bless you all and may God keep you until the next time that we meet. Well, he keep you anyway. And this is Lena, and I'm out of here, and I'm going to go ahead and go out on, um, let's see, uh, let's go with Overcome with Jeremy Cap. Bye-bye. See you in the network. <laughs> Yeah.